Welcome to Technado. Welcome back to Technado. I'm your host, Sophie Goodwin. It's going to be a little bit different this week. I had some note cards with my notes and my segments on them, and they got mixed up. So if our segments seem a little bit weird this week, that is why. Uh, you can also owe that to the fact that Don is out of the office this week. So joining us instead is Mr. Anthony Sequera. Anthony, how are you? I am doing great. Thrilled to be here on Technado. We're excited to have your expertise. and I don't know why I said it weird. Technado. You can't make fun of me for the way I say things anymore now. (laughs) You can't make fun of how I say hello in the morning. You you have to keep it to yourself. And of course, we also have Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Hello. How are you? I am having fun with the cough medicine, so. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. I had a fun sinus cold for the last couple of days, and it's probably affecting my cognitive ability, so that should be fun. Okay, so legitimate usage of, of cough syrup. Okay. Yes. Cool. You should have clarified. What you said. I was going to say, everything in moderation. So like I so said- So one our, serving is not the bottle. Uh, <laughs> gotcha. One gla- it's like the one glass of wine a day, yeah. and moms are like, well, the bottle's made of glass. Uh, yeah. That, that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> so things are going to be a little bit different today, because we've obviously got a little bit of a different group here. And like I said, my notes got a little mixed up. So we're going to start with this article from Ars Technica. This is a little bit in the world of Windows. Uh, this article says DuckDuckGo browser beta for Windows bakes in a lot of privacy tools. So no extensions yet, but some of the things that it evidently can do are fight spam, tracking, and YouTube's algorithm. So three very specific things. So this is a, it's a public beta, right? Mm-hmm. I personally am not a DuckDuckGo user. Are either of you DuckDuckGo users? I so obviously this is a, a kind of a new thing uh, as far as like their browser goes, but I have used DuckDuckGo's search engine in the past. So they also have like uh, browser extensions that you can plug in. I kind of like that as well. I, I use it from time to time. kind of tells you, hey, here are the things that are tracking you and we can block trackers. So if you're using other browsers like Chrome or whatever, you can use those plugins to help kind of stop some of those trackers. Okay. I signed up for DuckDuckGo email. I remember reading about it, got all excited, got my email address, then forgot that I had it. <laughs> Never touched it again. You got like an OG DuckDuckGo account. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and in fact, I can't even remember what was so great about the email. I'm sure it has to do with privacy, but the specifics yeah. I don't recall. That would have probably been it because they've always been privacy yeah. focused yeah. as far as I know. Hmm. Is that that's kind of their shtick in life. Now, one question I had about this article is what's the big deal about the YouTube algorithm? Like, so this was like the the hot topic. I don't okay. know if you got into was it in this? Did this one have a bunch of Yeah. So there's as according to what I got right now, there's a hundred reader comments and they're all like debating YouTube and whether or not YouTube is too much and it's getting out of control. Like mo that seems to be the prevailing win is that YouTube is gone buck wild with tracking and ads and gotcha. it's just like ruining the YouTube experience, which is ruining your recommended feed. And it's just getting really bad over on YouTube. Browsers like Brave have been blocking YouTube stuff for quite a while now. Yep. And there's other ad blockers that do the same thing. And now that is like a feature that DuckDuckDo is saying that their browser will also do. But I think that kind of like is, uh, I say that, what people are saying is that seems to be weird because um, I, they don't think that Google will be very pleased with the fact that somebody that I think they were trying to partner with in some way, shape, or form, if I'm remembering in the article correctly, why would you block us? Yeah. Mm. And this was something that the DuckDuckDo kind of like stirred the water with a little bit not too long ago with Microsoft that they were blocking all this tracking stuff unless it was this specific Microsoft stuff. And then they were like letting that go. And that's because they have some sort of deal with Microsoft. And that's when people were like, ah, oh, maybe I'm done with DuckDuckGo. Yeah. Maybe I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Maybe Brave is more along. So, I, you know, honestly, like if you really want to get privacy focused, and I like privacy, I think privacy is a good thing. It's a good conversation to have and to understand why privacy for everybody is important. And because most people don't seem to think that. They apparently have not read history yeah. at all that when, you know, large entities that control most of the resources in your in your world have pr- private information about you, they can use that 
to make you do whatever they want. Mm. I know that's never happened, but that's the theory. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The other so. great thing about this article was that uh, browser extensions aren't supported. So the article talked about how DuckDuckGo said, well, we have most of the features covered that you would use extensions so for. So you wouldn't need extensions. Then the author of the article at the very end is like, and I can't wait for them to support extensions so I can move to it. Because <laughs> there's a couple he mentioned that he absolutely must have. Do they support the Pinterest extension? Because yeah, if exactly. not, I'm sorry. But I wonder if it becomes like a conflict of interest for them. Like, Because a lot of browser extensions are collecting information about you. That's I bet you that's right. So challenge. It, it, like, if I want to install a, uh, you know, a privacy-collecting extension kind of defeats the purpose of of the browser, right? So one of the things that it mentions is um, they DuckDuckGo pre-blocks trackers. And so uh, maybe I'm, I don't know if I'm understanding correctly. So in another browser, let's say Chrome or Safari or something, would you have to install install like some kind of an extension in order to achieve that? Exactly. So by pre-blocking, it says it it uses 60% less data or something. So That's kind of awesome. Like the fact that they can at least quantify how much like less data is being collected about you. That's that's a cool selling point. Whether or not it's yeah. true or not, I couldn't tell you. Sure. You know, you know how statistics are. Eighty six percent of statistics they could, are lies. They can be skewed, right? Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Without any context, it's yeah. Th- there's no way to know really what that means. But because if it's sixty percent less, and be, you know the number was small to begin with, right. then it's not really that much of a difference, right? Yeah. Um, but I guess if that was something that you were, you know, well, why would I switch if I can just use Chrome and install, you know, an extension or whatever that does this? You might use less data if you switch to DuckDuckGo. Maybe yeah. that's a selling point for you. Honestly, for the most part, I use Firefox. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I guess, that's yeah, like that's, that's true, like an yeah. odd thing now. Like for people yeah, but, to use Firefox. But, but but I think you Firefox users all around the world have been saying it's for security reasons, right? For the longest time. So I started with Firefox because it wasn't IE. IE was known, right? This was like two thousand four. Yep. Right. So IE was known for horrible insecurities. And right, somebody come by and said, well, there's another browser that's the from Mozilla. DOG. Yeah, from Mozilla. And you're like, oh, yeah, Netscape people. Cool. Let me check that out. So I just kind of got into uh, Firefox around that time really early on. And I liked it. Yeah. It always did what I wanted to do and it never gave me any problems. I wasn't always like it was easy to update and keep like they seemed to stay on top of any kind of security issue that might come out from their browser. And then when I got into uh, cybersecurity, all the hackers, like all the cool browser extensions and plugins and toolbars and stuff were for Firefox. So I was like, cool, I'm already a Firefox user. Now I get to use all these cool bars and stuff. So I learned how to use all these fun extensions and bars. And like, why would I, if it ain't broke, yeah, you know, and everybody complained about Chrome and how much RAM it eats up and oh my goodness this thing's just murder on your system and like why are you using it? Yeah. What is it going to use? Everything's Chromium based. Everything's yep. Chromium based. Except for Yeah. Firefox. Firefox. Definitely not. Which is not Chromium based. Yeah. So. Yeah that's true. And they're like what is this Firefox of which you speak? <laughs> that's not it's real. So it's a funny. creature. Yeah. In Windows 11 they're still doing it where Chrome will beg you to use it and Edge is begging you to use Edge. Yeah. And it's just so funny because they're based on the same engine. Right. So here yes. they are fighting for, for Mindshare, and they're both yep. Chromium-based. Yup. Their product director said that they're aiming to open source this browser as well because they've done that with some of their other apps and extensions, I that's guess. Cool. Yeah. So I guess that's, that's a net positive, right? Or yeah, because now you can look and see how it's doing the tracking, blocking, and maybe develop on top of it. That, that could be interesting. This might be, might be kind of an obvious question or a dumb question. Would that present any kind of a security issue? It's always like a double-edged sword, right? Okay. So when it's open source, anybody can find a security flaw and then exploit it if they were so inclined. True. Or they can report it and help fix it if they're so inclined. Another interesting thing about this article, I wanted to get your take on this, Daniel, was uh, the quote, being built on Windows' own rendering engine, it's largely relying on Windows' own updates to keep it secure. Yeah, right. I'd, I'd like to know, like... So Defender is also largely reliant on Windows updates. And by largely, I mean it is completely reliant on Windows updates. Yep. If DuckDuckGo's browser is largely or even all reliant on Windows updates, does that mean that they get updates every day? Yeah, exactly. Right. Patch Tuesday. So, I mean, you've run a Windows shop, right? Yeah. Patch Tuesday is not the only day that Windows updates get cooked out, right? If something comes up and it's a a big deal, they just push it. Yep. 
Right, you don't have to wait for the big roll-ups. I think even Tuesday. default settings now are your your machine can reboot itself after a and it does critical, and it does right. Oh, that son of a. Mm. Yep, you'll it, walk up and you're like, I'll why am some, I logged out? Yeah, well, I'm you know I'm doing stuff constantly at home. I got one Windows box, kind of runs my YouTube studio. Huh? And son of a gun, I will every time when I'm doing nothing, it just comes in. It's the same screen I left the day before. But God forbid I actually get in the middle of deep down diving into something. I'm building some new tool or like exploring some security thing. And I've got it like, oh, yeah, okay, well, I got to go to bed or something. And then I come back. It rebooted it. Yeah. Son of a motherless. Just testing your skills, yeah. that's all. Testing to see how quickly you can get back to it. So this this comes more than a year after uh, DuckDuckGo debuted its browser for Mac in private beta. So if you're a Mac user, maybe, you, maybe you've already kind of been toying with with that version of it. Um, but if you're a Windows user, I know I know a few people that are big fans of DuckDuckGo's search engine. or um, Yeah, search engine. So maybe this is something they'd be interested in. Um, talks about, that article talks about Duck Player, tracker blocking, which we talked about a little bit, um, email protection, things like that. So... Kind of seems interesting. It might yeah. be maybe something that I'll try. I don't know. Hopefully. I've never I've never varied really outside of like I've used Firefox before. I've used Edge before, but I usually just stick to Chrome because it's what I know. Might be interesting to try something new. There was a feature they mentioned here. Hopefully, it gets copied by everybody. A one button. It's like a fire button. Yeah. You know that clears all that your caches, shuts it down. Oh, you know gotcha. what I mean? Like gotcha. closes all tabs, clears yeah. your data, closes cool. all tabs, flushes caches. You know, like erases that. your data. Yeah. Why has Why no is one that? copied that? There's probably a plugin that does that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, well, I didn't need so this does a browser it, but that with has 60% the... less data. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like, it reminds me of that scene um, in Goodfellas where the cops are there and Karen has to go flush the stuff down the toilet. Oh, yeah. It's like she's pushing <laughs> you the, know She's like, I'm just get rid about. of it. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You I'm know. not going to go into detail, but you know thing. what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know the thing. She's, yeah. You know, it's yeah. an iconic scene. If you it don't is, know it, if you watch haven't watched movie. Goodfellas, it's a very yeah. good flick. I think I've got a Goodfellas sticker. on I mean, it's not for kids. I added one. I don't know. if I watched it as a kid. Visible. Yes, you do have a Goodfellas. I do have. There you go. I think I watched that movie when I was like ten. So you were raised right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah. You got to start them young. My yeah. father had zero like at eleven. Barriers to entry. Clown. Oh yeah. Funny. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Like, funny like a clown. I amuse you. I make you laugh. Yeah. That's why he is the way that he is. Yeah. No, no, he's a big boy. He knows what he said. Todd's gonna come back and be like, "What did you guys do?" <laughs> Just okay, talk good so, so that's that's the news we've got for DuckDuckGo's new browser beta. Maybe check that out. I might check it out. Who knows? Because I run Windows, so now I can try it if I want to. We're gonna go ahead and move into our next segment. Uh, this is one of my favorite segments because I get to try my hand at impressions. <clears throat> Don't. Not my best. Right? Yeah. Not my best. It's a little too staccato. A little too staccato. Yeah. Okay. I wish I knew what that meant. Yeah. So. The, <laughs> So this next article, uh, this this comes from Slashdot, Google's new standard for Chrome OS, Chromebook X. So Daniel and I talked a little bit about this earlier because, like, I mean, obviously I, I don't use a Chromebook. I don't think any of us do. I but do. I have Chromebooks at home. You have Chromebooks? Oh, at home. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Got, we'll see. I just I don't use it for work, but uh, my wife uh, uses hers for work. Oh, okay. Yep. So so you might be better poised to talk about this than any of us would. Um, sure. So they're launching the Chromebook X program. So they're attempting to differentiate high-quality laptops and tablets from standard Chromebooks. So so one of the things they talk about in this article is there's going to be exclusive features like unique wallpapers. And that kind of gave me Oh, you a sold chuckle. me. It gave me Got a chuckle. Me. Yeah. I was like, man, you know, I was pretty happy with my laptop before, but the lap the, the wallpapers that change with the time of day. I had to yeah. I had to tackle her. She had like Robinson's lighter <laughs> fluid in her hand and a Zippo. And I was like, no. You don't burn the old laptops just because. <laughs> yes, you yeah. do. It's a sacrificial offering. Yeah. <laughs> do you, are you a, have you ever used a Chromebook, Anthony? Have you? Ever I have. It? Yeah. In fact, one of the fun things I did was I bought a hundred and fifty dollar refurbished Chromebook, and then put a version of Linux on it that is designed for Chromebooks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was really fun. Yeah, they're really cool. And like, if you don't need a ton of computing power, which a lot of people don't. Yep. Right. A Chromebook is. Absolutely yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Very Even when I left the Chrome OS on it for the first six months, I was pretty impressed. I mean, yeah. yeah if it, 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 you if, do everything through the browser. Yep. Yeah. And their remote access tools built in. Oh, that is good. I, I do use so uh, you, uh, Yep. what is that, the Google Remote Desktop or Chrome Remote Desktop? Yep, Chrome yeah. Remote Desktop yeah, works that's great, great. Yeah. for accessing your full-blown machines. What... What freaked me out about this article was that it talks about these things being priced between three fifty and five hundred. You noticed that models, yeah. You noticed that. What the heck? Chromebooks go for like fifteen hundred. 
No. So why are they no, so? Chromebooks don't go for fifteen hundred. Really? Yeah. Even the fancy so the like one I have is like yoga models and stuff. So, so those aren't Chromebooks. Oh. Right. Those oh. are laptops. Oh, oh, oh. oh Walmart. Right. You can get a Chromebook for one seventy. Yeah, and that's I got gotcha. I got one so, from like Amazon on a fire sale for like seventy nine dollars. So these are by Google. These are our systems. So by Asus Google. makes some. Um, oh, okay. Like different there's vendors. a lot of different vendors okay. that make Lenovo. I think makes some Chromebooks. Like everybody kind of has their Chromebooks out there. Yep. And they're meant to be cheap kind of throw away it, it goes yeah. bad you just chuck it and you get another one right they're not a big deal which so when you said uh you know they're three to five hundred dollars i thought to myself opposite of you yeah why don't i just buy a laptop at that point yeah 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 right it's a windows laptop go ahead and grab right because you can grab a mid-tier eight gig whatever for you know between probably four five six hundred dollars yeah so mm. at that point now you're competing in that space that's what i thought was Biggest interest now. Now you're asking me to buy a Chromebook based on the fact that like I I just like nicer hardware, but I like Chrome OS, and I just want to get that experience out of the box. So that would be, to me, that's the market for these people. Maybe I'm missing something here, and it's totally possible. But to me, it was like I, I like Chrome OS fine. Like it, it's got its it's got its usefulness, but I I don't go out and buy a five hundred dollar. Chromebook because it's got nice hardware. I buy a Chromebook because it's cheap and I can throw up my backpack. Yeah. You know, if I fell down a flight of stairs and I hit every stair with my backpack on the way down, I go, well, that sucks. Then I go to Walmart and I grab another one. Right. And I log in to, to Chrome or to, to Google and I'm back in business. Yeah. Right. All my apps go and I'm, and I'm done. They make the noises. They too. do absolutely. It's weird. Yeah, I thought the it was a little I, disturbing at first. But you get used to it. It's kind it's of like I thought the specialized features here were sketchy. Obviously, the wallpaper that changes with time of day. Right? <laughs> Who cares? And the other thing that was interesting was video conferencing, like high def camera. Who d cares about the camera during a Zoom? Does it, do people really care yeah. about the quality? Yes, they want HD. It's so weird, man. So to me, we have lost. Like we want. Veblen level uh, 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 consumer products at zero price, like yeah. at, at, at down here, and that's just not how it works. If you want those high quality things, I'm running a MacBook Air. This thing costs right at two thousand dollars, right? It is my work daily driver. It does what I need to do for work, and that's why it has better hardware. Now, the Chromebook is not going to be that for me. It's never going to be that for me, right? Until Things change with Chrome OS. It's just not going to be that tool for me. Yeah. So I I don't know why I would jump to a Chromebook to do some of those more businessy things with a 4K camera. And, and, and yeah, I see what you're saying. Right. I see what I, you're saying. Yeah. The me, whole point of this device was base features, correct. and now they start. Okay, gotcha. Low barrier to entry. Yep. Right. Yep. You can just like anybody. You get get one for your kid. Buy. You know. You put them in stocking stuffers for the love of God. Right. Yep. It's like. They are cheap devices that, as long as you're not throwing it down a flight of stairs, it should do all right. You can throw it down a flight of stairs. It just has to be in a backpack. Yes. And then it'll be fine. With you in the backpack. Yeah. And all your apps will yeah. go... Like, he, come back. he looked like he threw himself <laughs> backwards. You weren't trying to hurt the Chromebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were looking to get out of something. You yeah, wanted to yeah. injure yourself. Like, oh, That's man, what that was. I don't do a hospital run. They're never <laughs> going to believe me. <laughs> the Chromebook was just a <laughs> casualty of that. Yeah, ah, poor Chromebook. One of the other, the one of the first things that it highlights about how this is different is um, the Chromebook X will be uh, the X brand is going to appear somewhere on it with a mark. That they made like have. a big deal it about this. It could be as simple as just an X next to the Chromebook logo. <laughs> but we're not sure yet. And there will be a special boot screen instead of the standard Chrome OS. I wonder what font they'll use. I, right? I'm hoping for Helvetica. Oh, That's man. my personal favorite. That's New Times. Papyrus. Roman. Times New Roman. Yeah. yeah. Garamond's nice. Yeah. I like Garamond. Uses okay. less ink. No courier for you? No courier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get canceled for saying that. <laughs> I like Garamond. It's a nice font. Yeah. And then it, then it goes into, well, aside from the added X, we'll get to the good stuff now. Uh, it says that Google appears to require a certain amount of RAM, a good quality camera for video conferencing, like you said, and a presumably higher end display. So I guess that's good. But again, I don't know why the camera is such a big deal. Kind, kind of points that you said that um, Chrome it requires a bit amount of RAM. It's like, that's, that's not a selling point. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that a browser... Yeah, like needs at least four gigs. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like, that's whoa, bro, this is like half my laptop, sucker. What are you doing? Like, why do you need so much RAM? What are you doing? 
It's like, yeah, that's true. Don't mind me. I'm just collecting everything about you. <laughs> I need some RAM to do it. <laughs> They're bringing in unique features like live caption, adding generated captions to video calls. It, generally, I think that's a neat feature. I don't know that I would buy a Chromebook for that, though. Right. Right. Like, so it's cool. If but you're doing that level of video chatting or mm -hmm. whatever. Those options already exist. Like, yeah. what makes me go, oh, man, I'm doing a Chromebook all day long. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And this is now in light of, of your great point about all this, Daniel, I read this line and it really seems funny. 16 virtual desktops. <sighs> what are you doing where you need 16 virtual desktops no on a clue. Chromebook? Yeah. I could yeah. get through a whole month and only use each one twice. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is the best day ever. This is a great alternative to tabs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny is Don, we talk about the price point and everything. It's like, and Don and I had this conversation before where he was like, the great thing about Chromebooks is you go get one for like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Right. And you buy an NVMe and you slap that sucker in there. All of a sudden it gets fast as crap. Right. Because that hard drive, usually it's like those, they use like older, uh, you know, laptop. Yep. Right. They're using things that keep yeah. the price point low, but you can buy uh, an NVMe drive outside. of This is like 50 bucks. Yeah. You know, and now for hundred fifty dollars, you got a really nice machine. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't know if they're putting M NVMEs in them now or whatever, but that was the case like a few years ago. And I was like, oh yeah, man, it's like super cheap, and you get a nice little thing. You throw some Linux on there. Now I got something I throw in my backpack. I don't really care about right uh, whether or not it gets banged up or whatever, and it's cool. Yeah. Right? To me, that the hackiness of using a Chromebook was what was kind of half the appeal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that when you guys started talking about like pricing and stuff, because I've never, like I said, I've never bought or used a Chromebook, yeah. so I I'm not familiar with the price points. But I've I went to Best Buy, which is of yeah. course the perfect source for all this stuff. And when I've looked like low to high price wise, yeah. the cheapest one it was like 109 or something, yeah. so which is great. And then I was like, well, high to low, let's just see. And the most expensive I could find was about a thousand even. Whoa! But it's are a, you kidding me? It's yeah, a thought, 4K. Get up there. There's a 4K Ultra HD tuck. Touchscreen Chromebook with yep. eight gigs of memory. Right. So, I get. So you're paying for the hardware. It's the yeah. HD yeah. touchscreen uh, Samsung. Okay. Right. So you're. It's that's those are the ones that are. Yeah, you're not getting memory. that from from Google. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder. There you go. If I could just. Like what's the most expensive Google? Yeah, <laughs> most expensive because these. It was the Pixel Book, right? Like that's kind of the predecessor I think so. to the X. This is that's the closest thing to what they're talking right. about here. But these, like you said, are gonna go what three fifty to five hundred, maybe. Yeah, I just I, to me, I don't understand. Like, why would I go buy a thousand dollar Chromebook? Yeah, I've always yeah. when I saw those price points, I was like, what the heck? Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm gonna for go a down, screen. I'm gonna go down a pricing uh, rabbit hole. I'm good. If I'm spending a grand, I'm gonna go get me a nice laptop. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I can get a gaming laptop for that much money. Yep. The hell would I do? Yep. A flipping Chromebook. And now I'm going to discover product. And I, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole side. with pricing. Yeah. Oh, they started probably $1,300, $1,400 a great Mac. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, I, strange. I'll have to come back to this later because I'm going to keep looking and being like, well, what if I go here? <laughs> so, anyway, so so that's up and coming. It says I think it should be available towards the end. But yeah, anticipated to be in stores by the end of the year, coinciding with the release of Chrome OS version 115 or newer. So, if you are in the market for a Chromebook X with, with the X somewhere on the, on the laptop, you can look <coughs> for it in stores probably closer to the holiday season. Perfect timing, like you said, stocking stuffer. $500 stocking stuffer. So, with that. You bought me a Chromebook? But it's the X. It's the X. It's the X. You forgot. That's very you crucial. You spoil me, <laughs> sir. <laughs> so, so with that, we'll move into our next segment. Uh, th this is a segment called Tinfoil Hat. The moon landing was fake. Paul McCartney's been dead since 1966. Dogs can't see color. 5G causes... <laughs> Have an earpiece in, and so I forgot it was going to go in my ear. Yeah, I completely yeah. forgot. It took me, got me, got me for a second. Uh, this article is about this. This was pretty cool. We were talking about this earlier. Um, eight teams of hackers will compete to breach a U.S. satellite in space. So they've done this before, but with hardware running like on the ground. And basically, the the rule was like you can't do this on a satellite in space unless it's your satellite. And so this group was like, okay, I think it was on like a rideshare rocket or something. They launched it up. So this is up and coming, like, in the next couple months. They're going to do this, right? Yes, very yeah. soon. What they next didn't tell you, though. Black Hat? Is, yes, it's going to be at the next Black Hat. Where they're actually going to try to, like, it's like an attack defend. But what they didn't tell you, what makes this a tinfoil hat, and I'm completely making this up, <laughs> is that they are trying to hack the Rods of God satellites <laughs> in the sky put up there by the Soviets in during the Cold War. Are you familiar with Rods of God? No. Oh, come think, on, man. I don't think I, I was alive. I love a good that. conspiracy. They are. This it's, is the place for it. 
it's, it's good stuff. Uh, so the rods of God are basically satellites that were put in the sky with tungsten rods in them, right? And then when it comes time for World War Three, you just let the rods go. And they, and I don't know if you know anything about tungsten, but it's kind of nasty. You were talking about it earlier. Yeah, my ring said, is made of tungsten. Yeah. It's, it's, very, it's very dense and hard, right? So I think it's even more dense than lead. Yeah. So imagine a giant rod from space. Yeah. Like the impact alone would be like yeah. a giant bomb. Right? But there's no rocket, there's no heat, there's no whatever, right? It just comes down. That's this is the idea. Huh. That these that these rods are. So if they're hacking those satellites, <laughs> they could inadvertently and they're coming for you and they're gonna take over your mind. And yeah, so we we just were having fun with it's <laughs> I'm shoehorning with the, with the this into we're trying to make it work. Segment. Yeah, Don's not here. We're doing our best. It says this is taking place at DefCon, so if, yeah, if there was ever a place for a conspiracy to, to well, happen. That I was place. thrilled to learn that this satellite is the size of a toaster. Really? Yes, I was thrilled How about because that? I was thinking about a large object in the heavens. It doesn't have to be huge, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's the yeah. size of a toaster. It's the toaster of God. <laughs> it's going to drop tungsten and toast. They, <laughs> they still, space. they still won't let anyone near the propulsion system with the hacking, which is great. Well, yeah, because if you knock it off orbit, yeah, it could exactly come into could, the. Yeah, they said that specifically. Yeah, that could it be a would problem. Impact other satellites that we do care about. Yeah, yeah, yeah that could be an issue. Took four years. Uh, these the either white hat hackers are going to compete <clears throat> to breach the computer systems on a satellite in orbit, and this is um, it's the what is the Air Force and Space Force that are working on this? Yes, Air Force and uh, the Air Force Research Laboratory and U.S. Space Force. What a great name, Hackasat. Hackasat. <laughs> Hackasat Four. It sounds like a nice... <laughs> revenge of the Sat. <laughs> I thought that was a '90s game, right, for college kids. Hackasat. Oh, it's Hacky Sack. Right? Yes, yes. <laughs> That's what I'm was. glad you clarified because yeah. I don't think I don't think I would have gotten it. It was there on just my own. right over your head on that it, one. Like a hacky sack. Like a hacky sack. Yeah. Just kicked it too much. Have high. you ever played? You should you should you, you I've like witnessed it. people playing it. It's fun. Like in movies. Yeah. I've <laughs> never never had that Like those experience. motion pictures yeah. that everybody seems to like so much. I got to college and nobody was doing that. You're so. supposed to throw your transatlantic accent on. Like, <laughs> you mean those talkies that everybody's so flabbergasted <laughs> about? <laughs> those talkie films. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is pretty cool. I mean, this is super cool, right? I, to me, yeah. this is like exciting tech news. The idea that not just, uh, you know, U.S., but like there are CTFs. Anybody that's into cybersecurity at all, we love CTFs. It's like a big game that we all get to play and learn and test our hacking skills. But to be able to go live at five on actual, I mean, that right there is some like, you know, that's movie, novel-level stuff that we only dreamed about doing. And, like, there, I, I have seen satellite hackers on YouTube and stuff. And that's it's really cool stuff. But that's always that, like, that esoteric next-level stuff that not a lot of us really get a chance to get into or have the, the inclination to take the time to learn it. But it's always still fascinating and cool because we're tech nerds. Yeah, And that sure. stuff tickles that part of our brain that loves that stuff. So, to me, this was, like, super cool, the fact that they're going to come together at DEFCON, the biggest hacker cosplay con in the world. Nobody laughed at that joke. But <laughs> no. no, we're going to we're going to let you sit in the silence. Nobody gets that joke but me mm -hmm. and four of you that are watching. <laughs> I've been I've been to DEFCON. So yeah, I definitely it got it. Definitely. It's a crazy it's a crazy place. I wouldn't anyway, know. a lot of people dressed oddly. Really? Yeah. Like a, like one of the like a cosplay Listen, convention. Have you never idea? seen a hacker movie? Like, right? That's not far like from movies? like reality. I checked in and there was a Lord of the Rings dressed person like in front of me. I was like, whoop. Huh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So if for whatever reason I ever find myself there, it gets fun. To like, yeah. it's interesting. Like, see how people like. I've been to like conventions and stuff before, just never that convention. So different, different subject matter, I guess. It used to be a little bit different. Now it's obviously grown into something that it's, it's not like it was, mm -hmm. but now. It's definitely an interesting thing. Anywho, mm -hmm. but they're coming together, one of the largest, most well-known hacking conventions, mm -hmm. to hack actual satellites in yeah. space. Tell me if you Very had the cool. opportunity to control a satellite in space that you wouldn't take it. That's true. Yeah. That's me. I would. Geeking out a little bit? Yeah. I might get it. Oh my God. So I'm not saying that it was me, but I know a guy who used to be really into like satellite piracy. <laughs> Some dude. I just dash you to limitations. He had stuff. he had three satellites on his house and yeah, just saying. Yeah, just like some guy. That stuff seems interesting to me. 
Yeah. <laughs> I say not do it. It is. Or have done it. I admit no wrong. I invoke you, my Fifth Amendment right. <laughs> yeah, you plead the Fifth. Yeah. It is interesting to see. I like going and looking at the comments on stuff like this um, just to see. It's always fun to see people getting angry about stuff. Um, so somebody had made a joke about like, because there's a section in this article that says the ground controllers have the ability to reboot the system, kicking out any intruder, any intruders and restoring their control. And this person was like, oh, what could possibly go wrong? And somebody else tacked onto it and was like, this whole thing just sounds like garbage. You're just adding a random piece of junk to space. This is a stupid stunt. And somebody was like, well, I agree. It's a little silly. But it's only going to be up there for a year and a half, so it's going to be okay. So this is not going to be something that they're just going to launch it up there, do some do some stuff, and then just be like, "Well, oh, see ya." Like eventually, it will come back down. It sounds like I, you know, I find it interesting that we don't send it off into space <laughs> yeah. instead of yeah, we burning it back into yeah. orbit. Like yeah, like why bring it down? Do you need it? It's toaster like, size. It's toaster size, right? I mean, it's cool and everything, but <clears throat> I've always thought about making my own satellite. Like you can set them up in weather balloons. Really? They'll yeah, they'll hit the like the low Earth orbit, and it'll take reading. You can put sensors and stuff in it, and it'll huh. transmit that telemetry back to your. Is that legal? Right. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, you got to get all the FCC things to. Sure. Right. But yeah, you just fill out paperwork and pay the money or whatever, and hmm. send you a, a weather balloon up into up into what the would stratosphere. Take, uh, you take pictures. Right, that would be cool. So you see the curve of the Earth. I, I saw one guy. He sent one up with his son's toy. And then he took the toy with a GPS tracker. And so when it came back down, they GPS tracked it and they got the toy back. And it's like his son got to go to show and tell with my toy that was in space yesterday. Oh, I'm like, that's thinking cool, man. That is cool. I am doing that for my son one day. That's cool. So, yeah, I got to get I got to get on the ball. You got got a few years, right? I got a few years, but you have some time. Yeah. You better start thinking about it now. Yeah. It's cool to me. Use this as your launch point. Yeah, I think I think this is pretty neat. I mean, it's not something that um, I don't think I would ever be able to do this because I don't have I don't possess the knowledge. You got to believe in yourself. Okay? I'm I'm happy for the people. It's like eight teams out of like close to four hundred that signed up yeah. for the qualification round, and so there's only the eight top scoring ones. Contestants from Australia, Germany, Italy, Poland, and you know, the U.S. that are participating in the finals. I don't know why I said that like it was obvious. Yeah. <laughs> but it's happening in I mean, the U.S. We had so. a spot dedicated to this. <laughs> <laughs> we planted a flag early yeah. on. They're they eating crayons right now. <laughs> <laughs> we had to let we them like try. Satellites. <laughs> we had to give them a shot. These purple crayons are tasty. <laughs> <laughs> so that, I think, is going to wrap up this first half of Technado. But don't go away. In the second half, we're going to get into some more security news, and hopefully I'll get the segment names right this time. So we'll be right back after a short break. Don't go away. Tired of trying to schedule your team's time around in-person learning? Isn't it a bummer to spend thousands of dollars on travel for professional development? What if we said you can save money and time and still provide your team with the best training possible? The answer to your woes is live online training from ACI Learning. With live online training, we provide our top in-person courses in private, online, instructor-led formats. You get to provide professional development in a manner that fits today's expectations. Entertaining, convenient, and effective. Our exam-aligned courses inspire the full potential of your team. Visit virtual instructor-led training at ACI Learning for more info. Welcome back for more Technado. We'll go ahead and jump right in. I think maybe we went a little long on that first half, so we'll jump right into our uh, remainder of our segments that we've got here, getting into some security news. This first segment of this second half is called Deja News. Deja News. So for those of you that have been around for a while, Apparently, we've talked about this before. I don't think I was on the show yet when this was discussed before. Uh, Turn your phone off every night for five minutes, Australian PM tells residents. I'm pulling this from Slashdot. So I guess Daniel and Don, at least, have talked about this before. Basically, it's, you know, every 24 hours, you know, do it while you're brushing your teeth or something. Just turn your phone off for five minutes. And initially, I was a little bit like, okay, I'm, I'm sure there's a benefit to this. What exactly is it? So Daniel explained it to me earlier. Can can you kind of explain what what the benefit of doing this might be? Okay, <laughs> maybe nothing. Maybe right? maybe right. nothing, but it could be beneficial, right? Which is why they're telling you you should do it. It's just something simple. It's easy to do. It doesn't take long. I don't think the amount of time. I know. I was dying to ask that, you that. That's probably the one. Weird I was thing. dying to ask you that. Why five minutes? I, okay. The only like possible thing I can think of is like. You know, the residual electricity that in the RAM. There may still be stuff Great in point. RAM. You're ensuring right? that it's completely shut off. Yep. Everything's dissipated. 
right? Nothing stored in any cache. No, right. All any the caps sort. have lost all electrical charge, and therefore anything that might be stored ephemerally will be gone, right? Nice. <clears throat> so other than that, the good reason why you would turn your phone off every night or once a week or at all, other than, oh, I've got an update or this thing is hung up, so let me try rebooting it. So there are attacks out there that are after your phone. Mobile devices are uh, being targeted more and more every day. Okay. Some of these attacks are not what we like to call persistent. Right. They don't stick around if you reboot your phone. That's, that's I mean, some of them do. Some of them don't. So for the ones that don't, guess what rebooting your phone will do? Now, let's, let's just kind of go around the table here and real quick... Sophia, how often do you reboot your phone? Probably like once a week. And it usually really? it's because, yeah, usually it's just because my phone's a little bit older. So sometimes it's like, man, it's going too slow and things are crashing or whatever. And I get frustrated and I'm that's like, I'll just turn the whole thing off. That's the malware. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Daniel knows because he installed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't mind that. You're yeah. fine. You're fine. Th- that's, that's actually really uncommon. Uh, Anthony, how often do you reboot? Yeah, I am so guilty. Right? I have not recycled my... I don't even remember. Right. So can't even remember when the last time I don't I do it for security it. reasons, though. I don't do it because I'm trying to... You be do it because your phone sucks. It's because I'm irritated. Yeah, yeah. 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 But to Anthony, it's like, so we've got a mixed bag. I probably reboot mine maybe like once a month, right? Just because I'm like, hey, I'm going to reboot it. Yeah. And so we, we're kind of hitting the, the broad spectrum here, but I would venture a guess that statistically, Anthony is in the large group, mm-hmm. right? The majority of people are just like Anthony. Why turn it off? It runs, does all the things I want it to do, and only if it causes me a problem will I hit the old recycle. Yep. Right. And it and and one thing I just remembered that I do religiously, just super super often, is I close all apps. So that typically keeps the phone running well enough where I don't re- recycle it. Exactly. Yep. So there you go. So if I've got some, if I accidentally clicked on something or I went to a page, I got exploited through X, Y, or Z reasons, and that was not a persistent attack, like it will not stick around through a reboot, but I don't really reboot my phone anyway, so who really cares? Yeah. Right? No, this is- there you go. So it's just one of the things that you do. It is not like, this is the linchpin to security and mobile devices, reboot every day for five minutes. No, I don't think that's what they're trying to say. And of course, like, I'm not really checked out on what the Australian Prime Minister's level of technical knowledge is. He's probably just been giving a sheet of things Mm. to say that is good for the Australian people to do. Yeah. And he reads it and goes, I've I've literally been in the room with someone who knows nothing about technology and they had to feign the idea that they knew something about technology. And I would have to stop them and go, Hey, let's let's try that again. Even though you're saying the right words, you're not saying it in the right way. Yeah. Your inflections off and Yeah, yeah, it seems forced and weird. So Again, this might be the Australian Prime Minister. He's just the Prime Minister. Yeah. Right? He's just saying, hey, I've heard it's a good idea for you to reboot your phone every five minutes. I don't question what they tell me to that. Yeah. The tech yeah. guys told me this. Yeah. I have no reason to question that. Yeah. Right. Right. You read the NSA security guidelines. This came out a couple of years ago. We actually covered it on Technado. And I think I was like, this seems ridiculous. And I'm like, well, I mean, it can be, but not necessarily. Yeah. I bet you there's tons of addressing that is dynamic that would all get reset right. when you power cycle that thing. Right. If they so the like hackers had latched on to your took advantage or whatever of buffer overflow through a network vector. Yeah. yeah. Boom. Now you've cleared them out. This also reminds me of when I was in AWS conference, Netflix was on the stage. This was many years ago, but Netflix was on the stage and they were talking about how they were using AWS. And the guy said, one of our virtual servers to power Netflix is only alive for about 24 hours. And then we vaporize that machine and stand up a new one. Wow. And he looked at all of us and said, why? And someone, of course, raised their hand and said, security. Right. Because the hackers are working on that box, and then poof, it's gone. Yep. I want to live in a virtualized world that has access to my data. And therefore, if anything goes wrong with the environment, just reboot. Right now, I'm not saying that that's what's happening with your phone. Obviously, yeah. it has a built-in operating system, and it's not virtualizing that—at least not that I know of. Um, I mean, does does do iPhones build little? I don't know. Yeah, anyway, build sandboxes. I'm, I'm not checked out. I know yeah. they build sandboxes that like protect each app, and you can't get out of the app. Yeah. From one space to another without you know a lot of finagling. Right. 
Uh, it's not supposed to be possible, even though it is, if you're very smart and dedicated. And this isn't specific to any no, this is just brand. A He's saying smartphone. Yep. By the way, Sophie, you mentioned the comments. I had to look at the comments on this one, and it was great. T- people typically, you know, I have to wake up in the middle of the night to do this <laughs> to my phone. Uh, so this is the... He didn't the, say when you turn right, it off. Right. Turn it How off. did you infer that yeah, yeah, that was yeah. supposed to be done in the middle of the night? From- Someone was even talking about, well, that's Australian time. Uh, <laughs> I, so when I, when I first read it and I heard, for, I took it as take five minutes and reboot your phone. Yeah, exactly. Not, it's ex- you need to exactly four or five minutes Yeah. have your phone the shut Prime off. The Prime Minister mentioned brushing your teeth. Good to do while you're brushing your teeth. Yeah. Right. Just <laughs> the, reboot your phone. The person recanted because somebody said he was obviously referring to local time in Australia. And they were like, I reread the summary and never mind. I've missed an important detail that rendered my whole comment nonsense. How I wish we had a delete button. Mods, please remove. And they did not remove. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> not that kind of comedy. You man. get to live out your shame. Yeah, that's too good to let go of, man. <laughs> Do you brush your teeth in your sleep? Because <laughs> yeah, the guy was like, just do it while you're brushing your teeth. This guy's yeah. like... Now I got to brush my teeth too. Yeah. What is yeah, this? Yeah. It's a good thing I built this <laughs> Unfortunately, giant Rube Goldberg machine of teeth brushing for the nighttime. <laughs> he didn't build it. He had somebody else do it for him. Yeah, that's a, right. A team of people. piece at a time, right? <laughs> it's government so they all, style. They have plausible deniability. That's right. Listen, I just left an Earl of Meyer flask behind the Kmart <laughs> at 2 p.m. on Thursday for 10 bucks. I don't understand what the problem is. <laughs> It's always fun. That's an inside baseball joke right there. It's, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's always fun to look at the the comments on these and just I'm sure I've commented on something before and came off as kind of, you know, clueless, but it's fun to make fun of others. <laughs> it's it's fun to say that about others. So yeah, I mean, it looks like this was part of a, a some kind of a speech this guy was giving about he was saying we all need to do our due diligence. We all have a responsibility about keeping things safe. I think he said we need to mobilize consumers in the private sector or something. Lots, cool. lots of big words. Um mobilize. so anyway, mobilize your mobile device. Mobile. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, shocker. And he's and one of the reasons he gave was people don't realize their apps are running in the background. But like you said, you can just clear out your apps, you know, manually. You don't have to yeah. necessarily reboot to do that, right? But if you're hooked into the operating system, closing out your apps does nothing. That's true. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, maybe it doesn't do anything, but it doesn't hurt anything. I bet you a side Correct. benefit of this would be reception. I bet you, you hmm. know, training to a new tower. Like grabbing the tower. Yeah. When, Maybe. Oh. Yeah, like a trick. Maybe. Like if you ever have like bad signal somewhere, a trick you can do is go into airplane mode yeah, and, and come out of airplane mode and it will find the closest yeah. tower Interesting. to connect with. Because it's it, trying to connect. It with. wants to connect because huh. it's got data to send. Because remember, your phone is just a tracking machine. Nah. I'm going to shut off my phone every five minutes for 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be my it's, it's turned off it's for five minutes. Version. What about the other 1,435 yeah. minutes? It's I not just, secure. Yeah, that's it. Sophie, I missed your call. I was rebooting. I buy a new phone every day. <laughs> <laughs> now that they're kind of the like American a commodity, approach. like it's like... When it runs out of battery, a, I just throw it out. It's a $30 track yeah. phone. Screw it. <laughs> but you're right. It's not Unless you unless you um, purposefully go in and, and turn it off and do like a power cycle, my phone almost never actually runs out of battery. I never let it get to that point. Because yeah. by the end of the day, it's at maybe like 50%. Yeah. But exactly. I plug it right in and go to bed, and it's not anything I can't that I'm remember like. Remember the last time I ran out of battery completely? Yeah, and it bricked. Yeah, I can't remember. I oh, like really? panic. My wife does it like twice a day. Really, <laughs> dude? She does everything. Like I'm giving away the secrets here. <laughs> like, she does everything from her phone. Yeah, She's constantly yeah. looking for power. And I'm like, dude, use the la- use that Chromebook I got you for something other than yeah. <laughs> whatever it is you're using it for. <laughs> You know, yeah, do some of this stuff. It there. was a hundred dollars. Dang it! Yeah, use it for what I got. It for. I'm starting to try to. Th- I'm like, I said, track phone. I'm like, I wonder if it would be cheaper for me to buy a new track phone every month. Could be like than to hold on to. Yeah, my phone. I mean, I don't care about all the fancy features that they do now. I don't even. I've never yeah. turned Bluetooth on. If it can text and call, right? Text and call. I have access to my password manager, mm-hmm. and I can install the apps when I need them. And every month I go crack. And I throw it in the garbage, and I go, I'll take another one, please, sir. <laughs> it really helped. Uh, you could build as many Rube Goldberg machines as you yeah. wanted. Nobody would ever Someone's going to get on to me about e-waste. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the same guy that commented about the satellite being stuck yeah, in space. He's yeah. going to find he's you. He's got an outlet down. template he's yeah. looking for right now. <laughs> Listen, Mr. Lowry. <laughs> I'll have you know. That's right. So if this is something that you're not doing, maybe try doing it. It, it might, like, like we talked about, Maybe it doesn't do anything, but it can't hurt. And if you want to be really secure, turn your phone off and then just don't turn it back on. And yeah. then nobody can get to it. Actually. <laughs> I thought that was going to be serious. still like emanating things when it's turned off. 
But can like can people access it though remotely? Like probably. Oh great. Oh, forget everything that I just. Yeah. I give up. Probably not your attackers, but the people that are on the phone. Like there's sure. some sketchy stuff that goes on in phone. Like I'm not 100 checked out on what goes on with phones, but I've heard some horror stories of like uh -huh. they are basically devices that are gathering information nonstop, all day, every day, and uh, doing their damnedest to make sure that gets back to the right hands, whoever deems that what that is. All right. Yeah. Well, I choose to live in blissful ignorance, so I'm not going to pursue that rabbit hole any further. <laughs> Moving on. We're going to stick with smartphones. We're going to stick with smartphone news. Do it. We'll, we'll go ahead and head into our next segment. Do it segment. now. <laughs> Do it now. <laughs> we'll go ahead and head into, yeah, our, come on. into our next segment. <laughs> Who got pwned? Looks like you're about to get pwned. Fatality. You make my job so much harder. I'm going to do the entire segment this Arnold. Please do. That's the best. I, I it's going to make it so much more fun. I will not break character until this entire segment is done. <laughs> Good, because this one, we're, we're going into a couple different articles here. So this article comes to us from Ars Technica. Apple fixes zero-day kernel and WebKit security flaws in iOS, macOS, watchOS, and more. One of the bugs, it says, is a serious kernel level security flaw. Um, so there, this was, there was at least a, one zero-day, it looks like. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's got the vulnerability names and everything. I'm not going to read them out because it's a lot of numbers and I don't feel like doing that. <laughs> Just It's a lot of numbers. I don't feel like doing that. Uh, but I'm curious, what is this something that people should be worried about? Was this stuff exploited before they could patch it? Yeah, apparently it was. And I was interested. it was interesting to see this is the uh, approximate ninth zero-day problem in 2023 for Apple. I did do a little research. Uh, Microsoft Windows, 19 and counting. So uh, probably not a surprise that Windows presented more zero-day opportunities than all of these different Mac operating systems. You see, the problem is that Windows has a larger market share. <laughs> right? That's the issue. That's why there are more of these Windows machines That's available. right? And exactly of course, this, right, is, this is completely wrapped around the WebKit that is built around, you know, the Safari web browser, the rendering yes. engine. And that's why it hit so on So you the smoke one of them, you smoke them all. <laughs> he was charging that up over there. He was waiting, just waiting for an opportunity. By the way, can you believe all these operating systems, little side tangent? Dude, I mean, I... now there's Vision OS. Now that they announced their AR goggles, there's oh. another operating system for those Jeez. called Vision OS. It's too so, much to keep track of. Yeah iPad OS, Watch OS, TV OS, my goodness. I kind of, for a while, I was in a, ha a bad habit of referring to all of them because I only ever use, I have an iPhone, but I don't have an Apple Watch, I don't have a Mac, I don't yeah. have an iPad, I don't use any of that. So I just referred to all of it as just iOS. Yeah. <laughs> just got here. in the habit of doing yeah. that. And I started working here and I quickly learned, don't do that. Yeah. But because it just, it, it's like, actually, you're wrong. And I'm like, I know, I know I'm wrong. But it's just easier for me to just say iOS, you know what I'm talking about. But so Daniel, you, uh, I mean, you're right. So that WebKit, uh, is common to all these operating systems, right? So that's why they're all vulnerable. That's exactly right. You see, iOS, the actual platform itself, like that is a big deal. For most people, there are, there are groups out there like NSO making Pegasus, <laughs> right? And they, they, they specifically target these iOS phones because the, the Apple phone is known for being very secure. <laughs> The great thing about the impression is how excited he gets, yeah. just yeah. as Arnold would. That's funny to me. As you're saying it, our poor captioning engine is going to have such yeah. a hard time yeah. with this episode. Yeah. Dang thing I'm saying <laughs> at this point. So, There's a bomb in there. So Apple said that there were two issues. There was a it says a memory corruption vulnerability and then an integer overflow vulnerability that may have been actively exploited against versions of iOS released before 15.7. So you're right. It sounds like they... Yeah. yeah. There was some people that maybe need to maybe need to pay attention, and maybe you've been exploited. So mm. that sucks if that's you. I don't think that's me. Well, imagine Man. if you bought a phone thinking this is going to be secure for me, and now it's got all these zero days running around out there in town, just picking up any willful person that wants them. Like hitchhikers. Horrible. <laughs> 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 Come on, Apple, show me your leadership skills here. <laughs> You said that like a like a little kid. Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> the governor is gonna kick my door down. Yeah. We like you like to make fun of my accent. I'm like, no, I actually think it's just kind of awesome. <laughs> Grown up watching you my entire life. <laughs> Invitation is the sincerest form of flattery, right? Yeah. So there were several other um, 
flaws that they talked about in this article. There was a third zero day that was also patched. Uh, it, was, it could result in arbitrary code execution when processing malicious web content. So that sounds like it's not good. Anytime you get that remote code execution or remote command execution, that is where you're like, oh, no, this is bad. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Cause very, I, very bad. I get to, from the comfort of my own home, tell your machine to do something that goes, okay. Yeah. I'll do yep. that. Because, yeah, so nicely. And you found that flaw that I was trying to hide. Uh, but, hey, what are you going to do? You found it. You win the game. And I will do those things. What do you want me to do? Oh, you want me to create a user in a remote session? Cool. I got it. Done. Yep. It's there. Enjoy. Now, you said, and I think the article mentions it too, or one of these articles does, um, that Apple's now resolved a total of nine zero-day flaws in its products since the start of the year. Is that considered a lot? Yeah, that's since right. Since the beginning that's, of the year? Nine. Since the beginning of the year, yeah. Yeah, it seems like it a seems lot. seems like a lot. Yeah. Okay. Like I see, I don't know what the... over on the Windows side shot. So I've noticed this trend... Like, not just with Apple or whatever. It's like, this is the trend in, in, like, the black hat sphere. Is somebody discovers some new little kink in the armor there, and then everybody starts looking for the same thing. Yeah. They're like, mm-hmm. well, if there's one there, there's got to be more. Yeah. And then that just kind of becomes a thing. You'll notice this is all wrapped around WebKit. That was true a few months ago. That was true a few months ago before that. So everybody's realizing, oh, whoever the, the team that may, that is developing uh, WebKit, is making some mistakes. We just have to find them. Yep. So yeah. they continue to run down the rabbit hole until they exhaust that resource and or somebody finds something easier, newer, better, shinier, whatever the case is. Yeah. And so we're going to continue to see these until they feel like they've run the gamut. Yeah. Yeah. Very good point. I couldn't have said it better myself. So, I so you won't. I will not. Um, th- there was also an article from the Hacker News that covered this. So the Hacker News lists the updates available for all the platforms and everything, You know where you can update to get these patches i guess um so good to know if you are a an apple device user if you do have a mac or a watch or whatever you know they've got so many devices now what apple. happened to you apple used to be someone I could it's, back. <laughs> it's back it's <laughs> back it was quite the switch from from that to just the yeah anytime you hear remote code execution that's bad i was yeah. like oh man i was really hoping to hear arnold say that I appreciate that you brought it back, though. Okay. I hope that it sticks around because we're going to go into our, our next segment. This is a new one here on Technado. This segment is called Crow. Again, it's, it's in my ear. It's just fun. It's like he's back. It's like our good friend the Crow is back. If you're a, if you're a longtime Technado viewer, you may recall. See him today. Just a few weeks ago, we had a visit from a Crow outside our window. I'm, I'm hoping he comes back. Anyway, this article comes to us from the Hacker News. It says, Chinese hackers using never-before-seen tactics for critical infrastructure attacks. Uh, that sounds pretty serious, I would think. It's a bit serious. Critical yeah. infrastructure attacks. Yeah, I don't know if y'all know this, but like, there's this term in front of the entire phrase there, which is critical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> there's a reason we call it critical infrastructure, because if it goes down, we kind of, it's like dominoes after that. Bing, 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 bing. We, we go down as a nation. So these are things that are constantly being targeted. There's actually been attacks on critical infrastructure, like physical attacks, where terrorist groups actually like hopped fences and started machine gunning transformers and stuff like that for power plants and caught them on fire and blew them all up. And from what I understand, like we have three major power grids in America. And if like one of them goes down, like welcome to the dark ages and like mm-hmm. 90% of our population dies. So critical infrastructure, kind of a big deal talking about the loss of human life or limb. Mm-hmm. Okay. The fact that we've got, Chinese hackers targeting that. That's that's no bueno. Last time I checked. So really cool stuff though is they. I, what I thought was interesting about this article was this looks like a playbook for if you're in a cybersecurity and you're like, hey, you know, they're teaching me all these concepts or whatever. Maybe you're you're like new to the game. You're maybe like looking at Security Plus or some, uh, you know, GSEC or something like that, is to kind of give you that that entrance into the cybersecurity world and you're learning about these concepts and terms and and whatnot, this article reads like a playbook to those certifications. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that um, they're doing reconnaissance and they they learn about their target 
in depth before they actually do attacking, right? This is a, an advanced threat. They don't actually know exactly who they are yet. So it's really interesting as it unfolds to look at the tactics and techniques and procedures that they use also known as TTPs. Another thing that you kind of pick up as you get into cybersecurity. Well, what is TTPs? You get to see some of these actual TTPs and how they're learning about it and how they're using them in this article. That's why I was like, oh, this is like so cool. And then they get all these different naming conventions. We got mm. Volt Typhoon and we've got Velocity Panda. Or what was Vanguard it? Panda. Vanguard Panda. All Thank great you. band names. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I actually got to talk to somebody that named a threat group like a couple weeks ago because I was I did an article about them on on. Uh, some stuff that I'm doing. And they were like, hey, yeah, it's cool. That you, <laughs> I got a lot of flack for that name. I'm like, really? Why? I thought it was cool. It's called Camaro Dragon. I'm like, that's the cool, coolest name yeah. Love it. for an APT I've ever heard in my life. Like, just, just I see a, a dragon top down 68. <laughs> no, no, no. I changed that. I rock Z, right? T top, mullet in the wind. It's a fire mullet, though. Because it's a dragon. Because it's a dragon, right. right. You see where I'm going with this. I see. It's just bitching. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. He's cranking BTO, and he's flying down the highway. <laughs> it's, it's the cool... Anyway, I digress. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I had the same thought reading this. I mean, right away, it starts with nation-state actor, which we teach our peeps about, yeah. you know, how there's more adversaries than ever before with all kinds of different motivations, and then how it talked about how they'll... they'll not get caught because they'll take a long time. You know, months. Yeah. Most people think, oh, hacking, it's going to occur over a weekend. No, these guys take months so that they're not detected. Right. This is the advanced part of advanced and persistent part of persistent. Yep. And it said that uh, their modus operandi revealed an emphasis on operational security. Yep. Right. Carefully using an extensive set of open source tools. Right. So there's plenty of open source hacking tools. They're not they're not developing their own tools. And if they are, they're not they're not uh, tipping their hand. Right. Through those. They're using common tools. So it's really hard to do attribution. Who are these people? Which is why we don't know who they are yet. So very cool stuff. And like you said, long term malicious acts that go on there. They favor web shells. Hopefully you know what a web shell is. If you don't, that's cool. Web shells are I was actually explaining this to Sophia mm-hmm. earlier today. Web shell is just a if I can gain access to your web server and I can do a file upload or maybe you got like a, an insecure file upload or maybe there's a um a vulnerability in your web service itself, the web application that allows me to do like a remote command execution. I tell your server, download this from the internet and put it here in your web route. Well, now there's a web page that's basically an administrative systems page to your machine, to your server. I'm the only one that knows it's there. And I can log in. I can just go browse to that page and go, Cool, there's a nice little interface, and I can have, what would you like me to do? Well, I want you to tell me, you know, what system you're running. Cool, and I'm, what operating system is this? Oh, I'm a Windows machine, or I'm a Linux machine. Cool, you're a Linux machine. Do a PS, AUX, see what what sort what um, services are running. Let me do a netstat. What's, what network services are running? What ports are open? Oh, cool, now I'm enumerating behind the iron gate, right? Like, I can see everything that's beyond your firewall because I got an inside man, also known as your web server. Yep. That's why web shells are great. Like they love web shells. And then they use living off the land binaries so that they don't raise any red flags, right? Mm-hmm. Going back to the idea of stealth. I'm like, dude, this is this is like straight out of Hacker 101 playbook. Use those living off the land binaries. I'm not dropping malware onto it because that's going to get kicked by AV, EDR, XDR. They're going to pick up, ah, oh, look at this weird binary. It does a bunch of janky stuff. I don't like that. Ding, 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 ding. Starts raising alarms. Well, what if I just use PowerShell? What if I just start using Command Shell? What if I use the tools that are already, maybe you have Python installed, maybe you have WSL. Oh, cool, so it's a Windows machine, but you got WSL, so cool. Now I can just use Linux commands. Yep. It all, which has Python probably already installed, so now I can run all my Python scripts, and this is all done without having to install a thing. It's all there. That's what living off the land is. So this was a super cool article and kind of like highlighted some of those things that you learn about in technology and cybersecurity about this is what they do. Well, now you see it Yeah. Mm-hmm. in real life land. It's going on right now. And this must be a bigger challenge than ever because we're expanding programmability and automation. That's all you hear about now. Right. It, in my area, which is networking, Oh, my gosh, that's all we talk about. Yeah. In fact, incorporating AI into that programmability and that, you know, uh, 
orchestration. Yeah. Imagine having access to like your target's internal scripts. Yeah. Right. And what they can do and maybe even write access to those scripts. Now the script that they expect to run is running and doing some other stuff. Yeah. Right. Is Another thing that seems common, Daniel, I wanted to ask you about this. It seems like attackers, if they know they may be detected, one of the things they'll do is, of course, cover the tracks of what they did. And then it seems like they love to raise false flags. They love to go tamper with something, right? Yeah. To get the security team looking in a completely different area. Yeah, I love that, that you brought that common? up. Because, again, right back to Hacker 101, right, yeah. is, A, cover your tracks. Yep. And... <clears throat> try to obscure the forensic trail, gotcha. as it were. Obfuscation. <clears throat> Obfuscation, of what right? you're up to. If there's no logs, there's no nothing, then it's not going to raise anybody's eyebrow if they happen to go, oh, maybe something sinky, I'll, I'll, I'll take a look. Well, there's no logs there because we've, we've deleted all that. Mm -hmm. And then if they feel like the jig is up, as it were, yeah, let me start a fire over here so that everybody gets eyes on, and then I start burning anything that had my name on it. Yep. Right. Anything that's got my name out while they're over here busy with the, you know, denial of service attack that I bought from a botnet farm. Gotcha. Uh, and now they're they're having to yep. deal with that while I'm over here actually like making sure all that stuff is out of the way and they can't trace me back. Yep. So, yep, that is all Hacker 101 stuff in the Black Hat realm. That's what they do. So we got to be able to be on the lookout for that and go, it's odd timing that we thought something was hinky and now we're getting a denial of service attack. Keep an eye on the lock. So you got to start doing all the normal things that you should be doing, like using syslogs or some sort of like remote log, use a seam or whatever the case is to get all that stuff into a third area that is untouchable, that's immutable. So you still have those logs. You can't rely on the logs in the system. You were talking a little bit earlier about you, you were able to meet somebody that uh – named some threat or something they gave it the name Camaro Dragon you yeah said? Camaro Dragon so I just in this article it says this nation state actor is known as Volt Typhoon also known as Bronze Silhouette they're tracking it as Vanguard Panda I'm like these are all cool ass names they why really would are. you not pick why would you not pick give it a name like Garbage Boy <laughs> and then see how see how much people would, oh I'd be so cool to be a hacker oh you're Garbage Boy yeah like that's why would you not, not Vanguard Panda oh Vanguard yeah. Panda negative reinforcement yeah oh, right you're, oh like, you're a poopy diaper yeah, okay yeah. that's you yeah. like why would you not pick a negative name I'm sure there's a reason you're amoebic dysentery yeah <laughs> <laughs> pick something lame or even just something that's like as just boring oh you're cardboard box yeah wow yeah. Well, so like some uh, groups do the APT, like APT31. You know, it's very right. generic and vanilla, nothing yeah. special. My problem with those is that it gets really kind of difficult to track who's who. True. APT31 yes. and APT32, who's yeah. what? So literally APT28 and APT29 are both Russian state-sponsored hackers. They don't work together, but they do similar things. But they're separate. But they're separate. Yeah. Right? And it's like, so that's a little confusing. But you hear Fancy Bear and you know what that is. Right. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. You get the idea. But why I mean, couldn't it be like crappy bear? Yeah. Why couldn't it be like <laughs> mediocre disappointment to your parents? Yeah. Bear? Yeah. That's and a good just, question. Yeah. We gotta we gotta start talking to people, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next time we're at a con, we're like, hey, anybody here work for like a threat intel company and are naming APTs? If so, can we talk? Let me just we're gonna change the world one public shaming like, at a time. I'll I'll contact my bro and be like, hey, Thank like you. Camaro yeah. uh, uh, uh Stinking Camaro Dragon was awesome. Yeah. But could you have made it like, right, you know, COVID bear? Yeah. <laughs> Garbage man. Yeah. Garbage boy. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Something, That's just something nobody likes. Every time we read 2020 about 2020 bear. <laughs> <laughs> every time we read about one of these, um, you know, APTs, it, it always seems like they have such a cool name. And even the name that they attribute to them, like, oh, we're tracking them as Vanguard Panda. I'm yeah. like, man, you could have just picked a lame name and you didn't. But anyway, that's just, that's just my, that's just my opinion. Personal. That's just my two cents. But, in seriousness, I mean, it definitely, I would imagine this is cause for concern. You talked about critical infrastructure attacks and how it could potentially mean like harm to human life. Would that not be cyber terrorism? Yes. So, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's scary stuff. Uh, not to, the answer is yes. Not to, end yeah. it on, not to end it on a negative note, but yeah, that's a little. It just means that we have to be vigilant, diligent, mm -hmm. do our, our best to secure these things. Which probably means stop connecting them to the internet. But, yeah. you know, that's just mm -hmm. one guy's opinion. And a lot of them are not, right? A lot of the uh, things running like a nuclear you, you, facility. You didn't finish the sentence. Not yet. Yeah, gotcha. Right. We're working yeah. on that. Yep. Seems yeah. like a good idea. 
That doesn't. I mean, I get to eat Cheerios and watch The Simpsons while I administer a nuclear facility. Yeah. Could go wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You driving out there is a lot of work, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was telling Sophia, like, it it comes from, let's say you're the network admin for an oil field, right? Or five oil fields, and they're all 50 miles from each other. And you got to go out and do maintenance. Yeah. And it's all air gapped. Yeah. You got to drive 50 miles yeah. one way and then drive 50 miles again They're another probably way. Probably network connected. They're like, I'm sick of doing this. I'm going to hook up a cell connection. Yeah. And now it's That's no like the colonial pipeline. They took the pipeline down because they were worried attackers could reach it. That means it's not air gapped. Right. It means they could have reached it. Correct. Yeah. And guess what? It got reached. Yep. Yeah. We talked about that on the it was a yeah, we did, yeah. We, We've talked about it here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's a it's a mistake. It was an IoT system. Right. Yep. That's bad. Yeah. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. Yeah. That sliding scale, man. It always yeah. comes Just back. Go into work. Conve- yeah. Convenience <laughs> and security. That. It always comes back. Like this I am full, fine with remote work. Go go buck wild. But there are certain things it just seems like. Yeah. I mean, convenience is nice, but security on this one seems to take importance. Yeah. You think. It, it's not worth being able to, I don't right. have to drive in or I don't have to, you might as well just go do it. Yeah. What's worse, the inconvenience of doing that or the inconvenience of being breached? Yeah. Ever driving away from your house and be like, did I leave the stove on? Ah, I'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you think you did, go back and check. Right. Wish Even if there's a modicum yeah. of, of of possibility that you could have done that, you turn your butt around and you go check. Worst case scenario, you'll lose five minutes. Like, it, it's it's not worth, it's not worth taking the chance. Right. So you you get a lot of life lessons here on TechNATO. We don't just talk about tech and cybersecurity. We give you life lessons. And with that, TechNATO is sponsored by ACI Learning, the people behind IT Pro. So if you're listening from the TechNATO website, you know the drill. You can look for the Sponsored by button and click that to go to the IT Pro website. If you want to support the podcast, check out those courses. Anthony, Daniel, and myself all work on those courses, and it's a lot of fun. That's our day job. You can use the promo code TECHNATO30 for a discount on an IT Pro membership. You can also check out our webinars and live on social events. I mentioned earlier that Anthony and I talked about, briefly, the (coughs) Colonial Pipeline attack on a webinar last week. Uh, We talked about protecting your business with cybersecurity. If you missed that one, you can always go back and watch it. That'll be on uh, ACI Learning's YouTube channel and LinkedIn. Uh, and we also introduced a new tool called CyberSkills. Um, so this is an engaging cybersecurity training that ACI Learning is going to be offering to all members of an organization, um, from you know everybody from the high-ups to the end users. So really cool stuff. You can watch the webinar to learn more about that or go to the website and check it out. They're also going to be making an appearance at Black Hat. So if you are going to be in attendance at Black Hat, keep an eye out for ACI Learning's booth. Um, we're going to have a couple people there. If you know Lauren Deal, she's going to be there doing interviews and stuff. Go by and say hello. And with that, I think that's pretty much everything that I have. Am I forgetting anything? Sophia, find me a way out of this hole. (laughs) Daniel wants to go home. (laughs) He's ready to go home. Well, with that, we want to thank you guys for joining us this week. Thank you, Anthony, for filling in for Dawn. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And Dawn, sorry. We miss you. As for the rest of you, thanks for joining us for this episode, and we'll see you next time.